1: Now we can't promise that it will always be kept
0: PG, so please be mindful around little ears.
1: Here Here we go. go. Hello, Jade. Hi, Sophie. It's so nice to see you again.
0: It is so nice to see you. It's been what? Two weeks. Two whole weeks of not seeing each other's beautiful faces. And look at us. We just can't keep our eyes off each other. You haven't
1: aged a day in the past two weeks, darling. Yeah, that's because of other things. I was going to say, I think (laughs) think that's because the Botox has settled in. (laughs) No, no, no.
0: How yes, are you? Yes,
1: yes. I am really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. We've just smashed out a big day of recording. Huge day of recording. Um, it's been fabulous because we managed to interview both guests, one for this week's episode and one for next week's episode in person, and we generally have to do at least one or two of them yeah. over Zoom, and it's so nice to be in the same room with people, back in the same room with you, feel one another's energy, Yeah. COVID's popping off left, right, and Centre so who knows the next time we'll be able to do this but hopefully we'll be able to just continue (laughs) on continuing on. Yeah the pod
0: is full of vibes today we have filled them with conversations that hopefully you guys will all enjoy and if you don't good on you. And tell me highs and lows of your week. Okay I'm actually really struggling for highs and lows but let's start with it's school holidays. Take um, that as <laughs> a high or a low. Take it as you will. And I, we've started the ground running like just implementing some, you know, don't do this, get some board games out, get your Lego out. I don't want to hear whinging. To lower my stress levels, I've decided that I'm not looking at the house at all and yelling or raising my voice at anybody until the end of the day when people can tidy and I can tidy. I'm just not going to keep on going all over day. and over. It, it's just exhausting. The kitchen's going to be a mess. The floors are a mess. It's raining. There's mud. There's toys everywhere. And I know it's such a first world problem, but for me, I get really caught up with cleaning and having things tidy because it makes my brain feel nice. But yeah, we're just
1: letting it all and go. And then having a bit of a hour of power type yeah. thing at the end of the day yeah. where you clean up. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first thing, I said when I walked into your house, which I think that we're past this and you don't need to say it, is she was like, oh, don't even look around at school holidays. Um, your house looks like how my house looks on a good day. So yeah, no judgment from me. We're all good. there. All right, good. So that's just your highs and lows all bundled up into one. Yeah. That's it. What about you? Uh, yeah, in general, I've had a good week. I guess the low of the week was something that we had to call out on Instagram. Uh, yes. Um, and I don't think it's generally our loyal listeners. I think it's It's just some people who follow us on Instagram, and I don't think that they actually listen to our episodes, but every time we put out a professional episode, they like to come back with their differing opinions, which we encourage. We're stoked to have a platform where people can air their different views, different opinions. We try and interview all different types of people to get all different views on things, but I just think that people need to remember that this can be done in a respectful way. And in the past month or so, we've had some people who have been leaving some really disrespectful comments either towards us or to our guests. And anyway, I got on stories and said that we wouldn't stand for it, but we're all about discussions of differing opinions, but it just has to be done in a respectful manner. So that was a bit of a low of the week, I guess, having to say that because I feel like Mm -hmm. everyone that listens to us or follows our Instagram are grown adults, so it should not have to be said. But um, obviously, we then got an amazing outpouring of love from you, our listeners who, you know, love what we do and find it helpful. Um, And so, yeah, I need to not forget about that when these other keyboard warriors come towards us, but I find it hard to deal with and I need to work out better strategies for dealing with you know other people's issues
0: yeah fair enough and it does get you down and if that keeps happening then that's why we need to change something and alter something because the reason we do this is to uplift and lighten and make people feel better so if that's not happening for you when we're trying to do like the opposite then we've got to change it but we thank everyone that came on board and said we absolutely agree and personally I don't mind a bit of you know open conversation about different opinions because I know that we've all got them but it's just in the light of like we're always going to have different specialists on, we're going to have different people all the time about different stories. So please don't ever think just because you've listened to five minutes of an episode or 30 seconds of an intro of an episode that we're putting out deliberately to get you enticed. That does not mean that we
1: won't have other conversations on our podcast. Exactly. And there's not one way to do parenthood. So you just need to pick and choose what works for you, what you resonate with, what you don't resonate with. And if you can hear that in the background, it's just started pouring, but don't worry, it is not for the whole No it just happened then so it'll be fine. Um, High of the week was that when we're recording this the weekend just been my mum managed to come up for a quick visit before she ran home because she was scared she was going to get locked out of home and by run home I mean fly home because (laughs) she's from Melbourne. But um, yeah it was so nice to spend the weekend with her and especially because Nick was away it was just really nice to have some time just us with the girls. Yeah it was really really special. Yeah that's so nice. So let's launch into do you have a rude or fabulous for us today yes i do all
0: right i'm gonna start as it is as it was sent in okay ladies nana is back at it yes <laughs> man i was rocking my little bowie to sleep on the weekend and she goes you've spoiled him but at least bouncing him around you'll lose that extra weight <laughs> i do laugh now but she is fucking outrageous <laughs> nana You are fabulous. I'm sorry. I feel like anyone in that generation, look, we usually say is quite rude, but look, she comes from a place of
1: love and. No, she's fucking rude. You're rude. Now, my mum hack today was actually sent, it was someone sent in the screenshot from another person's Instagram, and it's basically a Tupperware container filled with lollies. So it says mum hack. I filled a Tupperware container with lollies. Every time they fight today, I eat one. At the end of the day, they get what's left inside. The look on their faces when I ate the first one. (laughs) That is absolutely brilliant. And I also have to say I've got a holiday
0: hack that I've used and it is a large T-shirt, my husband's T-shirt. Every time my children argue because I know that they're going to have a mental breakdown a fair few times over the holiday period, I say, all right, I'm bringing out the t-shirt and you both have to have your heads in the one hole and your arms out and you have to sit on the couch for five minutes. They at the first sight were like, absolutely not. And then I said, and what I'm going to do after this is I'm going to take a photo of you girls in that and see how you feel. And they honestly, anytime I say, all right, that's it, T-shirts on, they're like, no, 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 no. we promise we'll be good. So now I don't even have to bring
1: the T-shirt out. It's just the thought of the T-shirt and I'm winning. It's absolutely genius. That is so so good. Now today's episode we chat to a mate of mine Kyle. Uh, We thought it was time to get a dad back on the podcast but we were bored of our own husbands and (laughs) whatever they had to say. So we've brought in some fresh dad meat. This is Kyle. (laughs) We've we've (laughs) sent it, we've asked him your questions, things that maybe you want your partner to hear or or ways to communicate things to your partner. So we hope you enjoy this one. It's a little bit different it sure is we've got a dad we have a dad and it's not our husbands yes you guys are always asking us for more dad content and we got really bored of our husbands (laughs) and dr timmy because he's your dad Yeah, but we don't talk to him about dad stuff. So we've got in some fresh meat. We've got Kyle in the house today and it's actually a little bit of a test run, but I'll let Kyle tell us about that. Tell us about yourself and your family.
2: So my name is Kyle and I have two beautiful young boys, Marlo and uh, Valley. <laughs> uh, really <laughs> Good intro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Valley, but you are the second child. Oh, he's the newest, so, you know. <laughs> Still um, French. Three and a half and six months old, so. Yeah, that's um, And a beautiful wife, Jasmine.
1: Beautiful. And, and I, you guys are uh, friends. I do want to say, Jazz is one of my best mates, and I did ask her before we got Kyle in if there was anything off limits, and she said there's absolutely nothing off limits. Yes. So... You know, this is being done with consent, and I will even potentially let her have a listen before it goes live so that we're not responsible for like divorce (laughs) (laughs) or any kind of tension because I don't want to be in the middle of that. So, we got you on because you're having a little bit of a think about something. So, tell us about that.
2: I am. So, when we were talking about having children, I thought about all the tools and things that I needed to equip myself with. Fatherhood, basically, and Venus. yeah, well, that's a start. <laughs> that's a start, <laughs> but but also, I guess, like being a great father and being supportive husband and being a great lover, and you can't find anything, nothing real, you know. So, I would really like to create a platform where fellas can have a listen, and it's quite light hearted and much the same as you guys in terms of like your listeners feeling a bit lighter and equipped to be a mother or you know, so same thing from my point of view with, with so being a dad.
0: Essentially, you were taking on exactly what we're doing, but a male version. And high five to you because that is brilliant. No, actually give me a high five. Okay. Um, I think that is so exciting, and I think so many men or dads to be would love to listen hmm. to because it's one thing to listen to two old bats just you know talk about one old things. Bat <laughs> and one spring chicken,
1: thank you very much.
0: <laughs> but it's another thing to have a male's voice and their conversation. So I think that's great.
1: I think it's great that nowadays way more of, you know, families that have a mum and a dad in them, a lot more is expected of the dad or of that other partner and I think that's great and the way that it should be in terms of, you know, sharing the load of parenthood. But there's not necessarily those resources out Mm -hmm. there for dads so i mean
2: i read the book pregnancy for dummies you know how like you, oh, you, you like look X- it it's a good XL for dummies it's like pregnancy for dummies so uh, for me like i guess i'm just about practicality and mm. that's why it was good cuz it just like said yes this is what you need to do and even down to like i guess when your partner is pregnant and there's a lot of hormones and stuff flying around but with the the hot shopping thing like you know, shopping for babies and things. It's just like, okay, just step back and let that happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you <know>? 100%. So, <laughs> you don't get a say saying. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Now no. take us back yeah. to the start. Tell us yeah. a bit about, I guess, when you and Jazz decided you wanted to start a family and how that journey yeah. unraveled.
2: Yeah. Okay. So we were about a year married and, you know, just naturally decided that was the next step for us. And I've always wanted to have children. It's, it had always been part of my dream, and yeah, I guess it just it was an exciting time because you know we're still we're still young and very active sexually, so it kind of was a really fun time for us, and I, we we enjoyed. I guess, the process. of practice. uh, (laughs) Yeah, the the process. I bet you did. (laughs) I forgot where uh, where we are here. I don't need to be PG, do I? No, no, no. Not when I'm
0: around.
1: PG is discouraged. Yeah. Rate this one up. Continue.
2: So, um, yeah, like we we really enjoyed that process and a lot of lovemaking. So it was great.
1: And how long did it take for you guys?
2: So with Marla, I reckon it was probably around three months. So relatively quick. Not so quick the second time around. We actually had a miscarriage in between having our second. So, um, and up to the the miscarriage was about six months or so, and then another six months. We found and how
0: right was again. that for you? Because I find that we have a lot of conversations yeah. <laughs> when a woman goes through something or we don't have enough, but mm. we're trying. Mm. Uh, for you as a partner, how did you deal and handle that experience?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question because I don't know if I handled it that well, to be honest. I don't know if I supported jazz enough as what I probably should have, but I also don't know if I handled it myself mentally all that well either, but I don't know. Like I think I just got on with it and probably still haven't addressed it too much, but that's another reason why I would like to talk to other people to hear their experiences and maybe how they dealt with it because... I don't think there's a book for it, you no. know?
1: Yeah, I feel like I Nick talking, was the same when yeah. we went through it that I don't think he quite grasped the attachment that I had already formed to mm. that baby. I think yeah. because like as a dad, you're not carrying the baby. You probably don't realise how all-consuming those thoughts mm can be and so I feel like he didn't have the same period of like needing to get over it or like yeah. grieve and deal as I did yeah
2: and I feel that that is hard potentially for like someone like Jazz to to witness because she feels like she's going through this grieving process and potentially I like it seems like I'm not so yeah I guess it's like hard for both It is to understand.
0: It's hard for like, if I put my, I always put myself in other people's shoes, but like it is hard for a partner who's not the pregnant one or or Mm. the one that's not having a miscarriage because it's almost not like you're ripped off, but you aren't to know how that feels. So how do you respond? And there is absolutely no book. So I think that it's important to share experiences and stories because how else do we know how people handle things. Mm.
2: And, and I don't think there's a cookie-cutter approach to handling things either. So, like, one approach might really work for someone that doesn't for someone else, right? So, yep. yeah, I guess just opening up conversation about it and making it normal to have those conversations I think is is vital for, for a fella to, to, you know.
1: And I think maybe going into it, like, I think it's probably normal for a dad in that situation to not realize like how common a miscarriage is yeah. or, or that that could be a reality for them. Whereas I feel like maybe uh, for a mother, they they may be aware because they're more likely to have spoken to friends about mm. those kind of things. So I feel like, mm. I mean, in my situation, Nick was a bit like, oh God, I never even like thought that was going to yeah. be our journey.
2: It's funny because I didn't realize how common it was when it happened. And then I called my mom to tell my mom and she's like oh yeah I had one too and I'd never known that yeah you know so and I just think obviously you know in our day and age we're all used to talking about things a little bit more and I just wonder how tough it would have been for our mums back then to, to feel like they couldn't talk or Oh, you know, way more stupid. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like,
1: so. I remember even my mum telling me when I got pregnant again, being like, oh, no, don't buy those little shoes. Like, what if you were to have yeah. a miscarriage again? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be grieving over the shoes. I'm going to be yeah. grieving over the fact I've had a miscarriage. You know, it's just that real, like, yeah. don't get excited till 12 yeah. weeks or like, yeah. don't tell anyone till 12 weeks because God yeah. forbid you lose yeah. the baby and, yeah. you know, but also, you weren't able to carry it. Also, mm-hmm. that seems
0: like a very big mother protection mode totally. for her to give to oh, you. Oh, I'm not ragging like, on her. No, you no, are. That- <laughs> Shimmy, I love you. Sophie is Poor just absolutely out of control today. I don't know what's
1: going on with her. Well, if she wants to <laughs> um, give us her two cents, she can agree to yeah. come on the show. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> Every invitation has been rejected, so come on. That's right.
0: So when Jazz was pregnant, yeah. did she, when she fell pregnant, was she really sick? um or did she just smooth sail through that pregnancy with marlo
2: yeah yeah okay so i reckon it was a fair bit of smooth sailing like she'd she love have to morning. ask her right now no no no. she didn't have <laughs> oh, morning she's pretty sickness Open
1: about it. yeah okay.
2: she didn't really have morning sickness too much but i reckon it was more energy levels like yeah i mean she's a sleeper at the best of times she <laughs> loves to sleep so yeah can nap that
1: chick. Can <laughs> <Ken> nap.
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I reckon it was relatively smooth. However, Marlo was frank breech as well. So she had all these visions of like, you know, this natural birth and, you know, there was all these hope that he would turn and whatever and then it came down towards the end and he didn't. So we had to go through the ECV process and that was horrible.
1: What's the ECV?
2: So that is when they try to turn the baby to be head I think it down. stands
1: for extra cephalic version but yeah it's trying yeah. to turn the baby so that they're head first rather than sure. butt first right
2: yeah and basically like they yeah, are literally all hands on deck on the tummy like push trying to push the baby to like head on the outside position. yeah yeah Hect- yeah and that was that was horrible to see her go through that. You know? Did you
1: guys have any discussions about potentially having a vaginal breech baby, or were you both pretty resolute on having a cesarean in that case?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely because it was about just having a healthy child. You know that experience is like so beautiful, and I get that, but it was the goal was to have a beautiful, healthy baby, right? So we just sort of agreed that you know that's the safest option, and. Go for it.
0: And so when you held Marlo in your arms for the very first time, what were the few thoughts that went through your brain?
2: Oh, sleep. Yeah. (laughs) And then sleep? No, actually, it wasn't. It was definitely relief and definitely just like huge amounts of love. It's like the whole, you know, baby on the chest thing. It's what you dream of. It's like everything you picture, right, and it's just – that moment of bliss, and you know they're just asleep, and they're, you know, it's just beautiful. And it was, yeah, it's hard to find words to to put of to course. that. But it's it's yeah, it's relief and love, I reckon.
1: And did you know you were having a boy before he was born? Yeah,
2: we found out. Early.
1: And did you have any like wishes on what you wanted their gender to be? <laughs>
2: Me? No, not really, because it didn't matter, but Jazz definitely wanted a girl.
0: It's so funny, isn't it? Like,
2: Still does. By yeah, way. <laughs> well, look, I wanted
0: I wanted three boys, but I got three girls, and it doesn't matter that we've got three girls because yeah. what we've realised having three is that they are so extremely different in looks, mm. personality, that it's almost made us understand that sex isn't, Look, people are always going to say, oh, you're silly for even wanting. You can't help that urge if you have that urge of yeah. wanting a, a sex. Yeah. It's just how how you are. Oh, it's inside. a
1: real thing. I, I think yeah. I Gender think disappointment is mm, a thing as well. Yeah, totally. It's sometimes looked upon as like, oh, if you have gender disappointment, it means you're not grateful for the baby that you have, and that's yeah. not the case. No, it's not. Yeah. No. But
0: I feel like once you understand, especially having more than one child and it's of the same sex, you realise that it isn't, the sex or the gender mm. that is a problem because there is so many qualities of personality and difference mm. in these children yeah. that it all goes
1: out the window. I think Jazz also comes from a like a thought of like currently your eldest son has a lot of stereotypical boy energy. <laughs> right. He and so I think that Jazz and Carl, um, you might be the yeah, same too, looks yeah. at that as though like. If I have three boys and they all have this stereotypical boy energy, (laughs) how do I deal with that? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and whereas like my eldest Poppy has a very stereotypical girl energy and I'm saying it's stereotypical because I'm saying it may have absolutely nothing to do with him being a boy and her being a girl, but I feel like she's around that a lot and she's like, so you're telling me if I have three boys, they all have this Yeah vibrant about them and if I would have a girl this is how they'd be which is not the case but like if that's what you're Mm. looking at like I see that and
0: did you have any tips or do you have any tips for someone getting their partner interested in the birthing process did you do any particular things leading up to that birth to you know yeah make it easier
2: yeah well we went and did the classes I don't know what they're called
0: let me guess
1: the calm birthing class. No, I, he, no, no, I think he just means the antenatal class. Yeah, oh, antenatal the class. general ones. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's it. Yeah. And and it was fun. Like we were kind of lucky, I think, because I've heard some bad stories about those things just being boring and whatever. But we had a group of people that were, yeah, they were quite young as well. And, you know, we shared similar stories. So it was quite fun. And I think the midwife was quite humorous as well. So you know it made it lighthearted. so i definitely urge the fellas to go along to those because if anything you might meet a new mate or like you're going to share these stories after birth as well that you can and it's support as well and
0: tell us what do you learn in those classes
2: um everything like they they go from you know what's happening right now you know in the belly and then they go through to delivery day so basically everything and I remember that it was like the last class, and they said, well, Is there any questions? And I said, I said, This may sound really stupid, but. Where do I park when I when I drive? <laughs> it? it's a fair because because you have not like, you know, as I said, I'm practical, right? Like yeah. I just I just want to know where I need to park. Where do I go? <laughs> it's so
1: You don't even have your like so. your, your partner giving birth and you're thinking about whether you're getting a parking <laughs> fine. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, so just going to be Can ZVF away.
0: please move your yeah. car out of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Five ambulances need to come in. Yeah. My yeah. husband actually became a swaddle master in those sessions. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they did a few t- and by the yeah. end of it, he yeah. was just ninja, swaddle, yeah, Okay, swaddle. And yeah. now he, he ended up being a, a nappy master too, which, yeah. you know, I let him have.
1: <laughs> and um, your first birth was a cesarean mm-hmm. and then the second birth was a VBAC. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Did yeah. you do anything different to get ready when, you know, Jazz was planning to have a vaginal delivery?
2: So a lot of it was through COVID as well so it made it kind of hard to do group activities like that but just self-educate myself just read up on you know what's what's going to happen basically and then I found that the midwives were quite informative during our sessions with them too although they did continually keep giving us the same brochure on VBAC like every single time. <laughs> I'm like, don't you guys have little tick You're, like, that you're says- like, it's six
1: pages, we've read <laughs> it.
2: Like- <laughs> over and over, yeah. And, um, you know, they were trying to be helpful, I get it, but like kind of was an eye roll moment every time. So we didn't do any classes or anything like that. I think Jazz and I just kind of spoke about what was going to happen and how she wanted me to support her. Although it all goes out the window on the day, I know that. But nothing really in terms of like technical knowledge or you know doing any classes. And but did you feel
1: going into those births that you were prepared? Like, I mean, did you feel like you were prepared for what was going to happen in a cesarean, and did you feel prepared for what was going to happen in a vaginal birth? Vaginal,
2: vaginal. So obviously, two very different experiences. I feel like I was definitely prepared for the cesarean. Didn't have a clue what was going to happen with the VBAC. And And
0: for people who don't know what a VBAC is, it is a vaginal birth after
2: cesarean. Correct. (laughs) Well done.
0: (laughs) Yay. Five (laughs) points for me. Yes. Continue. Um, Sorry.
2: Yeah. So a little on that experience is like the cesarean, we woke up that morning, knew that it was scheduled in. There's no rushing. There's no like you know, okay, Jazz is in labour, she's going through waves of pain and it was like, let's wake up, let's go and have breakfast, let's go and have a swim or whatever and then, yeah, and then go to hospital because we had a time that we were scheduled in for. It was actually still a really great experience. I wouldn't say like one's worse than the other at all, they're just two very different experiences. And, you know, we found going into the operating theatre like all the nurses and the doctors were so high energy and really happy and there was really beautiful music playing and, and all that sort of thing. So we really loved that experience as well. But then, yeah, going into the natural birth, we went into the hospital because Jazz was in labor and then it was kind of late at night. I think it was like 10 or 11 at night and um, we ended up staying overnight but her contractions eased. So, in the morning, we actually got sent home. We went for a little walk and then came back and they didn't come back on. So, we got sent home and then Jazz, on the way home, started to get some contractions again, but they were really light. But then when we got home, she stormed in and went and vomited in there.
0: Yeah, it's a good telltale (laughs) sign, something's happening.
2: Yeah, went and had a vomit and then had a shower and a sleep. And then when she woke up, they came on really strong. So... That was pretty intense, you know, just seeing, seeing her go through that because I, I hadn't experienced any of that. That was a big first for me. Luckily, we had Jazz's mum with us and she's a midwife. And so she said, yeah, you can't talk now. Now's like, yeah, the time that you're actually going to go. So we called and said, look, we're on our way coming in. And Jazz is like in the fetal position <laughs> in the car seat, not, not even being able to sit up. And we already had the kid seat in the back. Oh, so like God. we couldn't put the, the seat down, <laughs> and so second child we got two kids seats. I got Marlo's one on my side, but the, it was the newborn one, so it was like fully yes. up, right? That's
1: so much space, yeah.
2: And um, <laughs> and so yeah, Jazz is just swearing, going like, you know, f this, blah blah blah, and um, just in the fetal position, just breathing the whole time. Like, yeah, this is actually happening now. Yeah. And so yeah, got to the got to the hospital straight into the birthing suite and. Things sort of settled down a little bit for a little while and then and then came on really strong again and we had her in the shower and just leaning over the bed and I was just there for to hold her weight basically and give her a, a back rub and things. You kind of feel like you just want to take a little bit of that away from them like as a male, you know, mm. and it's so hard to because you you, you can't, like you just can't. And I couldn't imagine what the pain was at all. So you're just you're just there to basically sympathize and be so there for cool. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we were in the shower for a, a good hour and a bit and then things came on a bit stronger then too. And the pain got a little bit too much for Jazz in the end. And yeah, she, she just decided that, you know, she wanted to uh, have a... Um, epidural. Epidural, yeah. And it was funny, we sort of spoke about that you know, if she did need to have an epidural, would I think any different of her? And that's a flat no, you know, from from my point of view. And just seeing what she went mm. through, like to even to get to that point and to see her kind of be able to enjoy that experience from then on was like so much better than than what she was experiencing leading up to that moment, you know. So
0: I think women mm. always or mothers to be always want to have an experience, enjoy, or have an experience of all different things. Like, you know, you've had a C-section. Oh, let's try for a a natural birth. Oh, you know, once you've ticked those boxes, you're like, it's okay. Well, I'll have an epidural. Mm. Like me now, after having what I've had of epidurals, episiotomies and things like that, I can honestly say that I would happily walk in straight away and go, I want an epidural because... That's my choice. I don't need to try and feel the pain. Uh I don't need to do that. That's my decision and I'm happy with that. But I think that's just because I have gone through different births and tried so many different things. Now I'm in a position that my husband has a vasectomy
1: and I'm never going to have another baby. (laughs) So it doesn't really (laughs) matter. It's all hypothetical. Yeah,
2: yeah, totally, yeah. (laughs) And do you,
1: do you look back on that birth process and think, oh, that was a beautiful day? Or do you find looking back on it quite traumatizing? Like what, what is it like being a spectator in that Mm. space?
0: A fly on the wall.
1: Well, I hope (laughs) you're doing a bit more than
2: a fly on the wall. (laughs) My
0: husband was a bit of a fly on the wall.
2: (laughs) No, I, I mean, I'm not really one to just sit back and, and watch anyway. I'd like to be involved in, in the process. So I actually really enjoyed it. Like. As much as it was it was really tough to see her go through that amount of pain, but I thought it was yeah, like it was it's something that's really primal, you know, and it's it's not something that happens often, right? So I just really enjoyed the whole process.
1: And how yeah. do you you know, being a practical person, how what were the things that you felt that you could do that were the most helpful in yeah. that space?
2: Offer options like don't just like be like oh let's do this this will fix this you know and that's been something that you know I've tried to do a lot is fix things and yeah if I can offer any sort of guidance is just like know what options are out there and offer them and give her the choice you know? and it's like, also
0: tri- it's, trial and error because yeah. when it's your first child you sort of have no idea what To do, But after the third child, an event of having a pregnancy, my husband stepped up from being a fly on the wall to be an absolute machine and he was next to me side by side and he was holding onto my weight like you said and he had the ice cup ready Mm. and the cold face washer. There were all these like little tips and hacks that he knew from the other past experiences that he knew that I really loved and he knew when to back off. But you don't know until you go through it. So it is almost like you just sort of let's try this if it does if you don't like it you don't like mm. it i yeah, thought yeah, i i yeah. thought i would love a um a water birth i got yeah. in there and went get me the fuck out yeah. i hated it yeah. yeah and
1: i think offering the, the options is so important but i think only ever saying things that like have a yes or no answer so yeah. don't be like what would you like me to do because like oh my God. you know yeah. Yeah. like like for no, example no. <laughs> i don't sp- when i'm in labor i don't speak yeah like yeah. at all yeah yeah and, and so, yeah, so it's like say, would you like me to do this? And I can nod or shake my head. Like yeah. I do not need to be explaining myself yeah. in that situation. And also, situation. Same when I'm pregnant, actually. Don't ask <laughs> no. me to make a decision. But
0: also, huge tip, don't ever... Ever, while your partner is having a contraction or contractions, talk in the same room about what you might have for lunch. <laughs> Don't ever do that. You
1: bring this up every time we talk about birth <laughs> and I think that you need to sit down with Nick, get this off your chest I do. and work through
0: it. I can't even cope with the fact that my mum and him were asking each other what they would like but in the contraction it was so intense it was like a slow-mo conversation and I was so infuriated that I cannot believe like a chicken salad sandwich <laughs> or a rat like that was their choices <laughs> while I'm literally giving birth I, I, was
1: I think <sighs> that anyone in the birth space needs to minimize any unnecessary talk. Correct. Like I don't know if you felt yeah. the same when you were in labor. Sometimes I felt like I was having a complete out-of-body experience and couldn't hear anything, mm. didn't know what was happening around me. And then other times everything mm. was so vivid. Like it's like you can hear the ticking of a clock. Yeah. You can hear the. And so you don't know what stage that person's in. So mm. just don't talk about yeah. other things.
2: So would you suggest to maybe just go and have these options and pass them to your partner or absolutely, you know, whatever, if she cannot and, and she'll go like yes no like I know, just think it's like yeah think, yeah
1: do you want some ice chips yeah. yes no yeah do you want me to rub your back yeah. yes no is that good can yes, I can no. I
0: give you this can I do that yeah. blah 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 can I fall asleep in the chair no no you cannot fall in asleep in the chair <laughs>
1: Can I, what's the other one? Him blowing up the um, (laughs) glove as a chicken head. (laughs) Can
0: I I get the nurse to play with me and put, not like that, and put put the glove on my head in front of you while you're giving birth? No, you can't do that. Was there anything? He's just trying to make you laugh. Yes, it's hilarious. Was there
1: anything you found unexpected during that birth process that you would kind of like pre-warn other partners about
2: the... The overwhelming feeling when all of a sudden it goes from, like, two people in the room to, like, eight. Yeah. Because I was looking around going, why is there so many people? And no one talks. They just they just come in and they come from, like, everywhere.
1: Nick you know? said it, it felt like and they were meerkats popping up totally, from the floor. He's yeah. like, I have no fucking... You did yeah. not come through the door. Yeah. Is there like a hatch in the floor that you just like? They're they're, they're quick, and if
0: they press that red button on the side, like it's all systems go, they just bolt from every angle, and all of a sudden, Nick
1: accidentally pressed it once, and it was actually reassuring how quickly they came. It was completely unnecessary, but I was like, oh, (laughs) at least I know that if something were to be wrong, you'd be here quickly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I had no idea that anything at that moment was going wrong at all, and it. Turns out that it, it wasn't crazy, like, what was going wrong, but he basically had his cord wrapped around his neck. So every time Jazz was pushing, it would heighten his pulse and then, then it would crash. So it was, like, really erratic. And we sort of knew that that was happening. We didn't know what it was. So the obstetrician came in and found, you know, what was going on. And then all of a sudden there was all these people in the room because she was really close. And once she got to the point where the head was showing, she had to use the, the suction cap thing yeah. to, mm. to pull the bubble out because you need to get it really quickly. Mm. So there was everyone at the ready. <laughs>
1: Someone sent in a question saying, is watching your partner give birth like watching your favourite pub burn down?
2: <laughs> that is <laughs> heavy.
1: And I really fucking hope you say no, otherwise <laughs>
2: <That's>
1: <laughs> I'm going to have it.
2: <laughs> I don't like, what, yeah, I don't even know what they mean by that. <laughs> like...
1: The, they like, short, it's if awful. it's gonna be let's just no, 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 no. say as this in the, the vagina fa- yes like people are, there's oh, this in, just there's a disgusting yeah. sexist saying out there that watching a head coming out of the um, and, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm making you answer exactly how i want you to answer but yeah, there's a no. saying out there that watching a head come out of your partner's vagina is yeah. like watching your favorite pub d- burn and around. can i just no say
0: way. let's be serious say it does burn down and it gets rebuilt it may not be built the same way as it once was, it's but still a it bloody is good pub. still a fucking good pub, and it <laughs> serves the, <laughs> the serves the needs that you need.
2: So I can't I can't say that that crossed my mind at all. No, so is no. Sorry,
0: so, did you have any trouble bonding with your boys as newborns? What were some tips and ways that you you did that? Because I know that a lot of partners, mm. when mums breastfeeding and mums, you know, doing yeah. a lot of nursing, you can feel a little bit of, I guess, not connected mm. in the in the first, or a bit
1: useless, yeah, in the first, with your useless nipples, yeah,
0: in the first few few weeks. So, what were some things that you did to to bond?
2: Yeah, so two very different experiences like with marlo our first i was i'm very hands-on or like to be anyway as much as i can so i was waking up with jazz when she was feeding which i like i think that's a topic to talk about as well please talk about it so i don't know if it's like the best thing to do having you both wake up and both be as exhausted each other but I really liked that ex- experience anyway.
1: Nick did that the first time. The second time he's like, "Neural." No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got another child. I know, turn. I know. Yeah. I was
2: like, you're getting up yeah. to coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the bonding was like, I would, I would take him and burp him, change a nappy most of the time. You know, um, I think it wore off a little bit after a few months and then going back to work and all that sort of thing too. Second time round, much the same as Nick, I, th- I felt it was a little bit harder. To, to bond with Valley like I did with Marlo, only because not through me not wanting to bond with him or like not knowing how to bond with him, it's, you're just a hell of a lot busier. Like you've got, you've got another toddler that requires attention and still waking up two or three times at night as well. And so I can't be there burping and helping feed. Mm. However, six months down the track now, I feel like I'm bonding a lot more with him because we're bottle feeding. So I'm getting up to do a bottle feed or, you know, just, it's it's much more hands-on and Milo's sleeping well. so I feel great. like with the
1: second, there's way more of that divide and conquer yeah, approach. Yeah, whereas absolutely. I feel like with your first, sure. I mean, in our household, it was very like team oriented, mm, yeah. whereas the second time it was just like, yeah. yeah. When we can't be a team in this, you've got yeah, to go yeah, deal with yeah. that. Yeah. Well, exactly.
0: I loved I loved one of the things we did when we had Yumi was I was reading a shitload of books. You'd mm. think I'd get it after two births and pregnancies, but you just don't. You're still searching and finding things because every child's different. <clears throat> yeah. And I decided to express mm. and put it in a bottle yeah. like in the first few yeah. weeks because I thought the only way that I can get sleep yeah. is in when Yumi would sleep a four a solid four hours. And that was between seven PM mm. till ten. Seven, 8, 9, 10. Yep. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, so that's when she would sleep. So yeah. what I would do is I'd have time with my it's not that long. You know, seven to <laughs> ten is three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: no,
2: no, no, no.
1: I was like,
2: is 10 the hour? Yeah, like,
0: yes, yeah. yes. That's exactly where I was going. Clearly my brain's gone. No, never, never was there. So <laughs> those hours, whatever they were, four hours, four solid hours, yeah. seven to 10, and um, I would just go to sleep. He'd have the bottle. Yeah. And that was his time to bond. So that was his time where he could feed her if she woke up. He'd watch footy on the couch and if she woke up, then he'd feed her, burp her. Mm. And there was a time that he would bath her and that was his whole routine for two weeks and then it changed because everything does in life. But it was a really nice thing for Mm. him to do at that time and it was nice for me to regain my my strength and my sleep for Mm. a few hours so I could get through the next day with three kids. Yeah, for sure.
2: I felt like it was a better way for me to understand what Jazz was going through too, if I would just help out, you know, like we as males will never understand like entirely what you guys are going through when you're nursing a newborn. But if we can be as hands-on as possible, you get some sort of understanding as how you can support better.
0: I completely agree, and I think that it's really important for us mothers who are actually nurturing and breastfeeding, who have given birth, have an understanding of the fact that you guys haven't been pregnant and you haven't birthed and you are here to help. Mm. We get very primal. Well, I got very primal in the first few months going, oh, this is the way I do things and this is the way that needs to be done. Almost a
1: bit like this is my baby. Here's here's a
0: list of things. This is how you do it. And it it took a little bit for me to just step back and go, this is your child now that it's outside of my stomach just as as much as it is mine and you can parent however you want. But... Just to remember to allow your partner mm. to parent in their style, in their way. Yeah. If you sit there and watch them bath and they've done something like your Nick did, like <laughs> head goes underwater. Oh, or I maybe, did babe, I, hey. I do that too. Yeah, <laughs> we, I think we all do. But, like, if there are times where, you know, the nappy's like on no back to no one's
1: at danger. No one no is. one's, yeah. Just
0: yeah. leave it. Yeah, totally. And you know what? Yeah. Then, then that's their way. And I feel like you're not undermining somebody and the confidence grows. And, I mean, I still am learning to to not yell at my husband and, you know, demand certain things and I should be more respectful mm. in the way that I hold a conversation yeah. or I I direct my whatever it is. But, mm. you know, it's just learning and understanding and I think it's important. Yeah, do you
1: have any tips for maybe like mums out there who are struggling to like I guess hand over any of those, that control? Are you saying I smell?
0: No, your T-shirt's inside out. of oh, course. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be able to count, but you can't put your t-shirt on. That being parents. <laughs> We're killing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't dress myself, you can't count, and here we are offering up just absolute crap, just pearls of wisdom. Listen to us. Okay. Have you got pants on? I don't have a bra on so I can't turn it the other way around because Carl's going to get more than he bargained for. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll get in trouble from Jazz. But what I was saying before you pointed out my one imperfection um, was if there's mums out there that are like struggling to hand over that control or if there's partners out there who really just want to have a little bit more freedom in their parenting? Like how do you think that, is that an issue that you felt like you've faced and how do you feel like you've overcome it?
2: I think Daz is pretty good with that side of things. Yeah, she's been fine with that. Like, but I I reckon if you are a bloke that would like to get hands on and, you know, like be involved as much as you can, I think just having that honest conversation you know, like how how can I help rather than be like, "Hey, can I do this, this, and this?" Be like, "What can I do to take the load off?" Like, what can be the thing that I can do to? It comes to down to, to communication. Right. Right? Totally, yeah, yeah, that. And yeah, it, I think story there's
0: story. a way to address yeah. that with partners yeah. instead of going, "This needs to be done," or yeah. "Could you please?" But I think do
1: sometimes this. also in that newborn phase, as someone who you know is helping it's like see a need fill a need Mm. i think sometimes it is difficult if it's left down to like tell me when i can do something because i feel like sometimes as a newborn mum, it's like you have so much going on to then also come up with roles Mm. for another person is hard so it's like i feel like if you don't have your blinkers on Mm. you can see needs that need to be met whether that be fill up the drink bottle burp the baby change the nappy swaddle like, give a bottle if you're bottle yeah. feeding like
0: oh. that's if that is if you're switched on though because if you do have a partner that isn't really aware of those day-to-day mm. things you, it is important instead of getting angry at them when they yeah. don't know it is so important to say babe can you fill up my drink bottle babe can you do this can you pass me this because otherwise you can get so caught up with thinking Oh my God. I've been breastfeeding all day. I've done this. I've done that. He's done nothing. I'm sure if you asked, he probably would
1: yeah. do it, but some people just don't know. Mm. My husband doesn't know, right? Yeah, but do you have to ask him every time or is it like this is a role that I would like you to be responsible for and then it continues to get fulfilled? Because I feel like that should be the bare minimum from a partner. It should not be I need to remind you every single time because it gets to the point where it's like, well, fuck, it would just be easier for me to do Absolutely. But I think if we're starting off
0: as being a first-time parent and parents, then that is a really good way to start off rather than being like, I'm not going to say anything. to yeah, totally. You just work out what mm-hmm. I Yeah, need. yeah.
2: I know from my point of view, I would much prefer, you know, if it was Jazz and we, we were like that, for her to say, hey, like can we have a conversation about, you know, some of the things that you could do to help me because I'm struggling or, you know, I'm really tired or um, I just need some help. That I would prefer cool. that than sort of just continuing on and letting things snowball and
1: those feelings of resentment pile up and Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you join any kind of dad's groups or anything like that when you became a parent?
2: No, but what I did do was I joined a run club that was a men's only run club. So it's called run, walk, talk. And basically the intent of it is that a bunch of guys get together once a week and they go for a bit of a run and it's a I don't know, like with with running and doing any form of exercise and sharing something like that with someone, you tend to just have a chat along the way. And quite often it could be just something little about what's going on at home, but you feel that little bit of relief.
0: I've got this scene out of that movie where – All the blokes with the prams are sitting (laughs) on the oval and there's that one guy that's running
1: (laughs) and he's running with his running team. It's uh, what to expect when (laughs) you're expecting. And and they've got like the baby strapped to them (laughs) and there's like bottles coming out of like holsters and shit. (laughs) That's Carl. It's pretty
2: much my logo for the podcast I would like to do. Good. Yeah. No, so that was, I guess, so a form of exercise and then sharing stories with with other blokes that are going through similar things and it was you know I I wouldn't say that I felt like I was struggling with my mental health at that point in time but it did help you know just to have conversations with guys that have had kids before Mm. you know and and talk about little things you know it's not a bitching session but it's like you
0: just you can still call it a bitching
1: session just because you're male (laughs) do you feel that your relationships with friends changed once you became a dad like do you feel like Mm. you know maybe friends that you've got who don't have kids you like don't feel like you can relate to them as much anymore
2: totally yeah and you don't have like the reality is you don't have time like as much time as what you did right so when you do spend time with people it's it's precious, right? So, you know, you you're spending time with people that I guess understand what you what you're going through and yeah, there's, there's feel feel like there's less pressure on the catch up, you know, if they understand or been through something similar. Yeah, you know, like having children.
0: I've said that a few times with my husband because he was a young dad, yeah. and he had no real friends of his that had children, mm. so it was quite a lonely time, and mm. he really struggled in the sense that when he had a time frame to go for a surf or yeah. go and do something with a mate, that they couldn't appreciate the time frame that he had so they go I can't do that now I've got to do this or I slept in Mm. and it was so infuriating yeah. for a parent, a yeah. first-time parent, to not have anyone that could understand that that was his window because yeah. he wanted to see a yeah. mate and now it's gone. Mm. So I think yeah, it is you can't important. just push it back
1: three hours. No, no, you ca- like, no
0: yeah. I can't. No. I can't yeah. do that just because you fucking slept in because you can. Yeah. But I think <laughs> that it's important to surround yourself by yeah. like-minded parents yeah. or people who yeah. are, are in a similar journey yeah. so you can go through those things. I think a great thing would be... Like there's so many mum groups and especially we have a Beyond the Bump mum group on the Facebook pages, Mm. but a dad version of that. So when people uh, are going through pregnancy, you could actually have a discussion with other Mm. partners on You know, if that's the way some partners would like to go, I think that would be an incredible opportunity for for people to have.
2: Yeah, for sure. And maybe you should do that as well. It's an opportunity. (laughs) You never know. We'll see. I'm making
0: you very busy, aren't I? (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) but it's it's I I feel like it's it's an opportunity to ask dumb questions. You know, like there's there's so many that go through your head when you're having your first child, and you might not necessarily want to ask your partner that as well. You know some of those things that may happen after having a child or you know understanding what your partner's going through through pregnancy and things it might be a touchy subject you might not not want to bring up with your partner you know and then not always can you rely on your parents experience and, and talk to them about it because it was a lot different
1: yeah and how do you find balancing like work and home life and time for yourself and your relationship how do you find that
2: (laughs) it's like the million dollar answer right like I don't I don't know like I just I wouldn't say that I'm always the best at it I feel like I, I do a pretty good job of balancing it out but I could be better you know there's there's probably times where I could have said no to doing something and got home earlier or realizing that something at work could wait until the next day and it probably helped jazz out a lot more at home, and I just just went home. But I don't know. It's it's a tough juggle. It really is. But I guess the most important thing is your family at home being happy and healthy and whatever. And I think the quicker that you realise that, and just you can start to say no to things and, and get home earlier or a few more phone calls through the day, which I'm shocking at, would help. You know? Yeah.
0: And I think also a like sometimes when you're at home alone with a child and it's a long day yeah. and, you know, you always seem to want to switch positions sometimes yeah. because, oh, you get to go out and yeah. see your mates and go to work and oh, you get to stay home with the family, vice versa. I think it's important to have that conversation throughout the day of, how are you Mm. and if you feel like someone is caring enough to say how are you today Mm. how was your day and you have a little bit of empathy
2: yeah
0: I think it 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 fills cups and I feel like it makes your relationship a hell of a lot better like I said something to my husband the other day and instead of having an argument he just said I'm so sorry I didn't think of it like that and I was like that's all you needed needed. to say Yeah, yeah that was it So and it's it's so easy. Like like what you I mean, it's not so easy. You have weeks where, yeah, I'm really Good at being a parent or yeah. I'm really good at being a husband or yeah. I'm really shit at doing this. But yeah. this is And humanity. I think I
1: think that the coming in the door, especially in that newborn phase, is like you don't start it off with what did you do today? You start it off with how's your day been? Because yeah. I feel like that can it seems so minor, but I feel like as a new mum that can be one of the most stressful things when someone says to you, What have you done today? Because yeah. you've literally felt flat out all day. But someone who hasn't been there like will never understand Because to the outside world, it's not productive. But you, like, literally have not eaten, sat down, basically pissed all day. And I think, yeah, walking in the door and going, Mm. like, You know, like maybe after work you want to have a shower or whatever. But just being like, is there anything that I can do right now for you? Because you know we've said it before; they might have been trying to rock their baby to sleep, the baby to sleep for forty-five minutes, and you walk through the door and go and do something for yourself, and that can be really hard. Yeah,
2: yeah. I reckon you just got to take the approach as if like you just want like a quick sort of rundown of what's happened through the day you know like you're almost blindfolded walking in the door and it's like Mm -hmm. how can I help you know like that's I guess the approach from coming home from work or wherever it is surfing or whatever that's the approach that you just need to take right do
0: you find so that that like in the newborn days and this is a conversation for everyone listening do you find that no matter what it is seems to be tit for tat what have you done today and then the other person is like Oh, and you feel like you have to justify what you've done to then have the other person do the same thing and that's
1: where, you know, the arguments start. Yeah, I think tit for tat never ends well. Mm, No. Because you only know your own experience. You only know your own day and I feel like what you're going through you always feel is worse off than what someone else is going through. Mm.
2: Jazz and I often have conversations like if I'm at work or whatever and she's like, you know, don't expect anything to be done today. I'm like, I don't, just forget about that. Like yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't matter if there's shit all over the floor or dinner's not. I
0: mean, shit, shit. on the floor <laughs> would probably be the best thing to walk into. It,
2: it could be both.
0: <laughs> 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 That's true. That's yeah. very true.
2: Either way, you know. But I, I think like all that matters is that your partner is looked after or felt like they're heard and how to offer assistance once you know what it is that you can do. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like all communication again yeah. is like just talk, ask some questions and then work out what it is you can do.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Easier said than done. Totally. But definitely, totally. Yeah, yeah. definitely needs yeah. to be refreshed, yeah. I think, and, on the daily.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And I'm getting like these chunks of wisdom from you guys. Oh, because, stop it. Yeah, because like I feel this is the whole reason that I would like to create this platform is that, we don't know these things. Like, we need to interview people like yourselves that can help,
1: who can tell you how to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, because again, is there a cookie cutter approach? I don't think so. Like, I think uh, every relationship's different too, and every experience with a newborn is different too. So it's like, well, let's let's drag all chunks of wisdom from. Well, all do directions. you ha- do you have
1: any questions for us right now yeah. that we can put out well, we there can, to I any partners just, listening?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think like. How do we juggle that work-life-love balance better? Like I know that, you know, Nick does it really well too. Oh, Nick does
1: it really well, but we're also very lucky to be in a situation where he has a lot of time to help us both juggle mm. that. So, for example, he can fulfill all his hobbies because he doesn't do the amount of work hours yeah. that like a stereotypical yeah. week would be. Yeah. So, like if he was working nine to five Monday to mm. Friday absolutely yeah fuck no would he yeah. be able to do all the other things he does mm. around that because I'd never see him yeah mm. so he's able to allow me to do things I think one thing that is is like a simple thing but can be really helpful is I think that often when mums catch up with one another it's with their kids and that's seen as like catching up yeah. with friends yeah. but often dads or guys will catch up together and they catch up just them and mm. it's never this expectation that like oh when we catch up the kids have to come with us and that is the simplest thing that you can change the kids sure they'll fight every now and again but they'll probably keep one another busy and it's like I think it's unfair that often like the dad catch up there's no expectation of there being kids there but the mum catch up it's like oh it's just a given that the Mm. kids go along with them and never finish a sentence that they start and never get through a full story yeah don't you reckon reckon it's like simple like I think that. that
2: should be like a really healthy balance between mums having that time where like they're without their children and then also like for us having that time too where we would go and spend time whether it's you know doing fulfilling your hobbies or whatever but that's the stuff that fills your cup right and and makes you the person you are so you're going to come home a much happier you know version of yourself and I think that if we can find that balance that's the key you know letting each other do their things and still it's there's there is that fine line where But then also you,
1: I think finding time as a family where yeah. you can fill up your cup all together. Like I For think sure. it's always yeah. like self-care filling up your cup can only be done away from your kids and often away from your partner and sure like you do need time to yourself but I think it can be so productive in finding those things Mm. together that also make you happy because if the only time you enjoy hanging out with your partner or you enjoy yourself is when like there's a babysitter looking after your kids well that's not going to happen very often and that's not very sustainable. I
0: think also planning monthly and having a planner on your fridge of what your priorities are like my husband and I and we've always talked about calendars but I have something on the fridge that we have set things so when I have to work or I've got a dinner date or I've got this I look at that and I also look at it not as if like you know your partner he has a lot of hobbies and he has the flexibility look at it as your relationship with your partner you both might work Mm full-time or one does Mm -hmm. and one doesn't whatever your situation is try and fit in a bit of time for yourself if you can. It might be half an, half yep. an hour at home and yep. you've just told your husband, go and do whatever you want for half an hour. Yeah. Or it might be something completely different. Or yeah. it could be together because that's the only time you guys mm. have time. But yeah. if you can set out a rough idea of having those times, I feel like... You're not gonna burst of exhaustion because you know that there are gonna be moments yeah, the week that ahead month of you looks yeah. more yeah. Re- re- like you've got Doable. time. Yeah. And yeah. You're, yeah. you're 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 excited because you're like, that's time for me. And I don't expect people to go out on for dinner. That's not what I mean. I mm. mean You might have a bath for an an hour at 8 o'clock at night and no one's disturbing you and that is your time and that's what you've put on there and everyone knows that. Yeah. And it could change the next month. It could Mm. be completely different. But I feel like it's important once again with communication to have these – I'm laughing actually on the inside because I always have these wisdom and fantastic ideas and then I just go and – yell at my husband but you know sometimes (laughs) it goes out the window when you step inside yeah sometimes but I'm just being real sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and I think if we can have the conversation that you know you can have really good months and really shit months and these are some tips and tricks and they may work and they may not
1: so a big thing for mums and a, a kind of repetitive question that was sent in when we said we were speaking to you was that you know like mums have this mental load that they feel like they take on and it's often even when they're apart from their kids there's this ongoing checklist in their head of of stuff that they need to get done do you think that you as a dad do you feel like you have a dad load
2: yeah probably a bit different to uh to what yours probably is but yeah i guess there's like the thought of okay cool like if you're in a relationship where you're not working full time like both of you full time and one of you's off going to work or whatever it is i think from my point of view so i go to work full time still but then i also want to ensure that i'm spending a lot of time with my with my children and having some good quality bonding time there and then also making sure that it's a strong foundation between myself and Jazz as well. So there's the mental load I think that I have is juggling all of those and working out which one needs that work at yeah. the time. Yeah, I think is is that kind of what you're I asking, guess it's different. You know, I, like, I think that like
1: what so often is like mums write in saying about their mental load is that it's like, oh, shit, bloody blood needs this appointment. Oh, my gosh, we've got this person's birthday party on the weekend. We need to get them a birthday present. Oh, mm. da-da-da's run out of that vitamin. Yeah. Oh, we don't have oats oh, for breakfast tomorrow. It's kind yeah. of like those, yeah. those things that seem so minor, but when they're stacked up mm. all together, it is just this never-ending list of things yeah. you need to tick off. Yeah, sure. And, like, Mm. I know that my husband, for example, has stresses, has Mm. things that, you know, weigh him down at times and things that he thinks are important, but I don't think that, like, he's never gone, oh, shit, I wonder where Goldie's Medicare card is. Oh, shit, like, I haven't organised this for Poppy. Like, I just know that's not something that Mm. ever plays on his mind. Mm. And I don't know if it's a mum-dad thing, a stay-at-home versus go-to-work thing, if it's innate in women, Mm. like...
2: Do you think it's like a natural thing in terms of like, let's say Nick's at work and you're taking Goldie or Poppy to these appointments, that's why he's not thinking about where the Medicare card is Absolutely. or the, the things, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but yeah, like I, I think maybe that's just how it naturally comes up, And that's just one example. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I can Uh, chime uh, in on that because when my husband was working full time and I was a stay-at-home parent, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would know all these ins and outs, I'd know the lunchboxes, I'd know the routine and if there was a day where I was sick or something happened, He'd be fucked. Like, he'd yeah. be like, what? I gotta ask you a million questions because I have no idea because I'm not here usually and this yeah. is my role. My role yeah. is to provide. Yeah. And then when we swapped it for a little bit and I started working more and he started staying at home, mm. he started understanding that he needed to know medicare card he needed to know that where all the school bags were what he was going to pack for lunch i mean Mm. i feel like when you are put in a role Mm. and you are in that position then you're gonna know those things so you don't really expect it's like we live on a farm and there's a certain pump that needs to be switched off at a certain time for the cows now it's not my responsibility. So I don't even know where that pump is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So
1: until it is your responsibility. Yeah. Why would you? And not? so if there's a family in a situation where, like, you know, reversing the roles isn't possible so Mm. that one another are understood like do either of you feel like you have tips on how to even out that mental load or take a bit of pressure off the mum's mental load if they can't just go okay I'm going back to work full-time you're (laughs) staying home
2: (laughs) yeah I mean again I think that's that comes down to communication it's like okay cool these are the things that are weighing me down right now you know is there something that, that you could take on that would help you know, make my day easier or lighten my mental load. You know, like I, I, there's no other way of just knowing that that mm. is a mental load or is worrying you until it, it is a worry, and it and it does like.
0: But imagine implode. that. Imagine <laughs> having your partner, vice versa, whatever yeah. situation, coming home or on a day saying that to you, saying, "What can I do yeah. to ease your mental load or mm. make things?" a little bit easier for you. The thought of anyone saying that to me... My
1: pants dropped to the floor. I'm pregnant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did we just find out the main answer? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, I, I, I do think and I know, like I know that the only, like the main times that Nick and I clash is when I expect him to be a sidekick. Yeah. But sometimes there's nothing better yeah. than when someone comes to you to try and help. I mean, like, I, it's it's drummed into mums all the time. Like, you know, once you become a mum, all you're going to do the whole time is nag your partner, da-da-da. It's like put on women that they're, they're naggers, which is absolute bullshit because most yeah. of the time it's them asking for help for yeah. things that should are very, been. yeah, that should have probably already yeah. been addressed. So I, I know it's silly for me to stand here and, and, and be like, oh, of course, can Communication is the key but something sometimes it's just nothing better than when that is offered up mm. to you rather than having to ask for another thing yeah. it's a dad hack and a mum hack it yeah. is something
0: that is key and I think if everyone just tried it on their partner to see
1: what the outcome would be yeah and saying that yeah, and yeah. let both us know ways, yeah. both ways is there anything that I can do to right. alleviate you're low. Oh, that? I know exactly what. <laughs> yeah.
2: My husband too.
1: Let
0: me help you with that, babe. Come and straight to the bedroom. And that's exactly what James <laughs>
1: was think I'm going with it. I, know. I know. Oh god! The minute I All say right. load, let's it, not say it'll load. It'll be on my chest.
0: <laughs> how can I make your day lighter?
1: Oh. Speaking <laughs> but, of, have yeah. you found any change in your relationship since having kids? And how do you keep the spark alive? Oh.
2: Oh, there's definitely change. I think, you know, anyone that says it is not <laughs> like it's fucking bullshitting. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely changed. I think keeping that spark, I, th- I think, especially for from Jazz's point of view, is her feeling supported, like we've just talked about, you know. And I don't, it's I'm not saying feel. that I am perfect at it at all. I'm just saying that. I know from her point of view that if she feels supported and loved, that's when it's reciprocated, you know. Is that what Um,
1: you
0: say is is a love language?
1: Yeah, like, for example, I think she's similar to me in the way that her love language is acts of service. So, Mm. like, if Nick helps me out with tasks around the house, like, you know, ticks off my to-do list for me, then I'm like, yeah, I can think about doing that. Whereas Mm. if that's not done, I'm just like, nah, I'm milling over all the other things I need to do in my head. And so it is, it's that feeling of, like, there's less to worry about because things have been taken care of and you feel supported.
2: Yeah, or, you, yeah, you have taken time out. To have a think about what would make their day better, or is important to them mm. at that time, and I know that whenever those things stars align, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know, happy days. But it's it's hard too. It's a hard joke. You can't do those things every day, and
0: you can definitely try.
2: You can try, yeah. But sometimes children get in the way, don't they? Yes, they so, do. Would you like to
1: tell us a story, Carl? <laughs> Margaritas are also another thing that keeps Jazz's flame alight. And the other day we went out for dinner, she had a couple of margies and then went home. And then what happened?
2: Well, Jazz was feeling very Toey. Yeah, very, pretty <laughs> towy. And, and thought, you know, why not? And it just so happened that that night, Marlo, out first, had a really terrible earache and he was cuddling with me in our bed and when jazz got home you know one thing led to the other and she thought oh he won't wake up we've got a king-size bed happy days (laughs) he's fine (laughs) and got down to business
0: and did you pull up a pillow barrier
2: kind of but he was turned the other way as well. Yeah, so cool. So it was cool. kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the clear. Yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit creepy, um, but like, I get it. We've all been there. Yeah. And then... you got to do said, it.
2: 100%. I said, he's so going to wake up. Like, this is going to... It's going to happen. No, 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 no. Let's... Come on. Let's let's go. And sure as shit, he turns around as we're just getting started and like, Daddy, where's Mummy? <laughs> 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 and I've just got Oh my gosh. <laughs> my worst night there.
0: Where was mummy though? <laughs> Can we have a
1: visual?
2: <laughs> Underneath daddy. Underneath, <laughs> Underneath Standard Missionary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Pat, what's the um, oldest your kids have got to and you've had sex in the same room? Like, I don't think I've done it since like bassinet days. Oh, we did it actually today. And
0: Yumi was watching Baby Jake because she wouldn't get out of the room. And so then that's why I said a pillow barrier. We set up a pillow barrier. But then she said, no, I want to look at mummy. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she
1: was awake watching TV in your bed. <laughs> on my phone. And you were having sex in the same bed. Yeah. And off- she was awake. On the side. I'm not judging. On you. the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what happened? Did you
0: finish? Yeah, he did. He was fine. In, out, know, off.
2: He was fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in our off. And she didn't know anything was happening. She was just. No, she didn't say, Daddy, what are you doing? Are
1: you stuck in mummy? <laughs> well, I thought you would say, Oh, Daddy fell, like you used to say to the older kids.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it is getting. You've got to be onto it now. Like me is eight. She just knows when, like, if he starts to kiss me in the kitchen or does anything, she looks at us like, uh, Oh, this is disgusting. Yeah. But it's actually quite endearing because when you look at, I mean, maybe if you keep it PJ, if it goes a bit beyond, it's like no child yeah. wants to see that. But, yeah, look, I'm going to say we got away with it today and um, no one needs to hear anything else.
2: <laughs> Doing another high five for that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> for <sure. laughs> well, on that note... On
0: um, well, such a high. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on and having a conversation about all things Dad and opening up that conversation for other partners to listen to. We can't wait to hear your podcast come out because... Yeah. Sophie apparently has already had a few names for it, so watch this space. Watch
2: this space.
1: So excited and we'll let everyone know when it launches and now this means he really has to do it. (laughs) And and can we come on your podcast?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Can't wait for the roles to be reversed.
2: Been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't,
1: good on you.